1: I wonder if we can
0: pet him. Hi, boy. Can we
1: touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Good morning, good morning. Here we are in, of all places, our podcast studio at the Steve Spurrier Grill. Uh, broadcasting from here today because we have a very special guest. I've roped him in. We're starting a little late. We had a few technical situations to work out, but we're fine now. We're going to give you a full run. So sit back and enjoy. We're going to discuss things that only my guests can discuss at the level at which of expertise at which he has his conversations conducted. And since I'm so smart, I'm one of the few people who's able to actually talk with him. Um, so we'll see how it all goes. I mean, he tells me that anyway. I do. He does. At Ramsey Samurai, who is really quite a special person. He has been, of course, the mayor of McEnope, but he's also been a State Department official and uh, worked with Condoleezza Rice. And I don't think I'll be squealing. He can beat me if he wants to. But he was in charge of nuclear nonproliferation. At least he advised President Bush on that. And he always likes to make the point that it was nonproliferation. And we're going to bring up some of those items for discussion here, I'm sure, because we're going to talk generally about foreign affairs, but more particularly about Ukraine uh, which is obviously on everyone's mind right now all over the world. Uh, so any kind of uh, questions you have for us, uh, we'll be taking a look. I'm looking here, as you can see, at my phone for questions coming in on the uh, Facebook chat. We do not have the sideline call today because I'm, I'm not at the house and uh, uh, here, I'm here at the studio. So you'll see behind us, of course, some um, football helmets that were Coach Spurrier's uh, uh, various um, gear that he had as he traveled about the athletic world. And our studio is a beautiful studio here in the Steve Spurrier Grill. So um, we're uh, very fortunate to have a a little extra time here with you if we need it. You want to uh, ask us questions because uh, we're starting a little bit late today, but it will be absolutely as top-level conversation as you might imagine. You'll hear anywhere about what we're going to start discussing. So Ramsey summarized with me today. We used to do a show together uh, uh, every Friday. It was a big hit. He had his own, when we are on the radio, had his own show on a Saturday morning. I'm trying to talk him back into doing it. Um, and then we'll see if that works. Maybe he won't. But at least I roped him in now. And he doesn't really, he's so self-effacing. I don't think he realizes how many fans he has. So, um, um, Ramsey, welcome to the Ward Scott Files. We want to thank production for uh, putting this together. And we had a few technical things we had to get over. Uh, but we're here and we're going to have an enjoyable conversation. Anything you want me to pass along to our guest? Yes, Jackie Kensler, this is live, okay? Good question. This is live right now. Uh, You're watching. It's not recorded. We're not running a tape. We didn't do this last night. This is a hot mic right now. So, Ramsey, here we are. We've um, got you here um, uh, to talk with us about and our listeners and our viewers about this world we're now suddenly thrust into, um, apparently because of the aggression of uh, one Mr. Putin. What's your take on all that, Ramsey? Well, you... Where do you want me to start? <laughs> 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 it, it, we, we can start back with
0: uh, Catherine the Great if you want. Uh, might as well. Might maybe. as well, because it all it, it's all part of the Russian paranoia. Russia is... Russians are extremely paranoid about their national sovereignty, their defensive imperatives, and their national security imperatives. And there's... The, the paranoia in the modern world... No one saw Poland uh, arming up and going after Russia. That's not happening. It simply isn't. But what Russia saw was Poland's legitimate fear of Russia. And we we can demonstrate that legitimate fear of Russia in the various many dozen wars that Russia has waged upon Poland. And... Poland's been moved over a couple countries a couple times and Poland is always the one that Germany and Russia divide as spoil after a war. Poland is always the country that gets that gets attacked, gets run over, gets subjugated. It always loses the war and there's a lot of reasons it always loses the war. But when Poland finally shook Russia, the Soviet Union free and this is Poland remembering Catherine the Great's attack, Peter the Great's attack, World War I, World War II, and all the other nonsense that's gone in in between. Poland isn't paranoid. They're realistic. They see Russia sitting over there and they're like, oh crap, they're still there. They're not going anywhere. Russia's Russia's, Poland's Poland, that's that. And the reason that these two have such a, a, a contentious relationship is Poland's not strong enough to throw its its strategic border east, which is where it needs to be so that it can see the Russians coming. Russia is strong enough to throw its strategic border west. And that's what Poland is. Poland is the great plain through which Germany constantly attacks Russia. And Poland is the great plains. In other words, you can run a cavalry or you can run tanks. Straight across Poland, no problem. There's a couple rivers. You throw a couple pontoon bridges, and you're in Germany. And that's what the Germans see. So, what did Poland do when it when it threw off the USSR? Why are we talking about Poland? Because we're going to get to Ukraine. Poland joined NATO. And what's the key agreement in NATO? It's a military alliance. It's not the EU, which is an economic alliance. What is, and by the way, Poland is also, it joined NATO for a military alliance, and it's trying to unjoin EU for the economic alliance. Goes to show what a great nation Poland is. <laughs> <laughs> Poland is a very, very good ally. But. You had a great pope, too. Oh, my favorite pope ever. Mm-hmm. I don't like the current one. I'm no. not. I'm not sure he's even Catholic. Right. So, anyway, I said <laughs> that on the air, didn't I? Uh, uh, a lot of people agree with you. Oh my gosh! A lot I'm, of people agree with you. I'm going to get kicked into the Baptist church.
1: So, <laughs> what's going to happen to me now? Funny thing is, we may not be censored for that. <laughs> 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 Productions over oh, we here laughing like crazy. So, uh, oh, oh the golly, they say
0: in public. Um, it, Poland is join NATO for the one specific clause in the NATO agreement. And that's if they're attacked. All nations in NATO are attacked. It's an alliance. Okay. It's an open public alliance and Poland joined it. Well, we have been very, the United States has been very savvy. They merely let NATO join. That makes them an ally at the highest level, which, all the subsidiary uh, uh, benefits then start coming to Poland, which is investment, which is uh, ease of travel. Passports are uh, interchangeable. <coughs> they get better intelligence from our economic and diplomatic and, and military personnel on the United States. You'd be surprised the, the package of benefits that comes with an alliance with the United States because in alliance with the United States in the background, you're getting an alliance with Israel with the best intelligence services in the world. In the background, you're getting an alliance with England, which has its fingers literally in every corner of the globe. England has, has maintained its imperial connections very well. And London's in England, and that's a wonderful financial center. Plus it's a huge cultural center. And, we have of course the United States that collects all this data and has the money to pay for it all <laughs> well 30 trillion in debt maybe not but anyway we still are we are still very good at collating international data whether it's economic, cultural or military. So you get that benefit and Poland's getting that benefit and they said very shrewdly but we don't want you to put your forward positions in Poland. You know, we're in NATO and we're going to open up some bases and do some stuff because we're in NATO. But let's not scare the Russians. Let's leave the forward position in Germany. Well, Germany's not paying their bill. Okay. So Trump is, he had, he forgot, I guess, part of the the balance is uh, you pay your bill for NATO. You pay your bill for the UN. You pay your bill for all these other alliances you're in. You don't just get to run around and charge the American people because that's who ultimately pays the bill. And then we get reimbursed. Did you know that? That's the that's the international order. Uh, The United States pays the bills and then we're like the big credit card. And then, you know, they send their 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 payments in. And um, uh, Germany just doesn't do that. They're like, ah, screw you. You know, it's like, ah, war reparations, whatever it is. Who knows what goes on in the German mind as, as they sit around and make every devious, underhanded deal you can think of in every corner of the world. And money is flowing in like water and they can't reach into the into the spigot draw a couple cupfuls and send it to the United States. They can't bother to do that. It's like, oh, for God's sakes, just pay your bills. So Poland's like, we'll pay our bills. (laughs) (laughs) We know how to pay bills. Look, here's a check. And Trump was using Poland as a, a, um, kind of as a, just as a club to beat up Germany. And Germany wasn't caring for it because if the United States took its forward position and moved it to Poland, All that money from all those soldiers and all those bases and all that, the the resource of having a a major American military base in your country is the intelligence and the cultural value of it and the diplomatic uh, uh, advantages of it. There are a huge package of, of advantages to having a couple major military installations in your country. Not to mention, you've got huge defenses in your country and you've, I mean, if someone attacks Germany and there's America, what is the American response? Except for Afghanistan. Okay. The, the the response is, oh, the hell. And everyone's at war and you lose. That's the deal. You attack Germany and you die. Well, Germany has been coasting on that. Where do you think all their money's coming from? They don't have to spend any money on national security. They just, ah, the Americans are here. So, Trump was saying, well, we're gonna move it to Poland. Well, that freaked Putin out. There's nothing you could do about it, except one thing, take Ukraine. And that's, I think, what caused it. I think that the move the motion of <coughs> of NATO eastward was inevitable. We were taking the, the the key thing here was we don't need an empire in Europe. We finally got this place that the temperatures are pretty low. Everyone's pretty calm. The EU's kind of integrated everybody, although the EU, I predict, will ultimately fall apart. But I think the advantage of the EU was that it forced the European nations to work together. And even though it ultimately won't work, a lot of those relationships needed to be made. A lot of those economic connections needed to have been done. and Europe has now been integrated. Uh, I mean, think of the highway system. It used to be that when you drove and you stopped at Germany, then you had to stop, show your passport, mm-hmm. and then go to France.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've done that. Had to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't do that anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And and that's pretty much the way it should be. If you're two nations at peace, maybe maybe there should be a border stop. And maybe you do need to show a passport, but it's it's pro forma. It's just, OK, we know you're in the country now. That's all we wanted right, to know. Right. And if you went the other way east, you went from Germany to Poland. Well, if you could get into Poland, you were then monitored the whole time. And then whatever you were doing in Poland was upon approval by whoever. And it was normally the Kremlin. So all that's been cleared up. Europe is now, a, a, I wouldn't say fully integrated. I mean, it's taken a thousand years, but it's getting there. And so we, we are genuinely achieving a Europe that is integrated, but still has its proper nation states. And there, and there is a reason for a Germany. They speak German there. They eat German food. They have German culture. They have German history. It is a place called Poland. All the same reasons. It's a place called the Czech Republic. I mean, do, do you really want to live in a country next to, I mean, do you want to be Czechoslovakia? That, that's a made-up country. The Czech Republic speaks a different language from the Slovak. And you know, there's, there's a place called Greece, and there's a place called Italy, and France, and Spain, and Portugal, and England. And you, when you look at it all that way, I mean, if you're wondering why the Scots, and the Welsh, and the Irish are having such trouble breaking away from the United Kingdom, it's because they all speak English. And they all have the 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 pound sterling or whatever it is they use over there nowadays, and uh, I mean uh, Ireland's an independent nation, but Northern Ireland is, is still yet to be united, and there's a reason for all that, and, and that's that's a that's a microcosm of of uh, of the the direction that a nation in in unity. I mean, the United Kingdom was put together by force. And it wants to fall apart still, but it's becoming harder and harder with each passing year because of the integrations going on in England. And that's the same thing that, you're, that you've seen in fast forward motion in Europe, the integration of Europe. Well, the integration of Europe is not good for the geopolitical imperatives of Russia. The integration of Europe, uh, fractured.
1: Let me ask a dumb question here, yeah. maybe on behalf of some of us listening uh, besides myself. Am I making any sense? Yes, with? yes. Okay. And what I want to know is why can't Russia just join the crowd?
0: <laughs> That's the great question. But the paranoia is the problem. I mean, think about it. If, if they had merely said, we want to negotiate for Crimea and the eastern provinces of Ukraine, <clears throat> the first time you say that, that sounds outrageous. Like screw you, that's 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 Ukraine. Well, let's have a conversation about that. Okay, do you know why Crimea was in the in Ukraine on the day the Soviet Union fell? Because Khrushchev had a birthday. He was Ukrainian. Khrushchev had a birthday, and he it was feeling expansive towards his country, even though it was all the Soviet Union, right? He was exp- feeling very generous, and he gave the Ukraine the, the Crimea to Ukraine as a birthday present. That's the truth. There's no historical reason Crimea is in Ukraine for any reason whatsoever. None. So in Putin's mind, then he's got to get that back. It's his. Yeah. Yeah. It was given away by a former premier for some bizarre reason, probably fueled by vodka. I mean, mean, it's just bizarre. And uh, let's have a conversation about Crimea. Well, the czar, I think it was Peter I, the great or whoever, uh, came down and he had to beat up Crimea so that he could get into the Black Sea and face what? His nemesis, the Ottoman Empire. This All, all this crap goes all the way back <clears throat> to back then. It goes back. Good Lord, do you know that the Ukraine, the Ukraine, as it was called back then, is the genesis of the Duchessy of Moscow. The Muscovy, the Duchy, the, the Mo- Muscovy Duchessy, which was ruled by the Lithuanian princes. Does anybody know all that? No, of course Ma- not. And, and why is that? Because Moscow is sitting out there in a plains on a river that's easily subjugated. And so the Lithuanian princes. Simply would subjugate Moscow every 20, 30 years, marry off their princesses and queens and whatever, to, you know, make dynastic uh ties. Poland at one time was an integral power in the formation of the of, of Moscow. There, Rus, R U S, Rus from Russia, okay? Rus was a general area of Slavic people that. It was only when the Christian the, the, the Christianity made it to that area, and Moscow became the third Rome, did there did there emerge kind of a, a czarist. There was sort of a king, a prince, or something, a duke. And it was only after Moscow stopped being raided by the Mongols, stopped being raided by the uh, the, the Cossacks stopped being raided by the Vikings. It was only after Moscow, at this point, a wooden fort, okay, it wasn't a city, it was a wooden fort, was able to defend itself against all these, ra- we're building the story of paranoia now. Uh-huh. Okay, you understand, this has been right. going on for 1,500 years. So this, this years.
1: paranoia is
0: well-founded in is history. It's
1: well-founded in the mentality of the fatherland, which they refer to it as they refer to it as a fatherland or a motherland. Uh, it, I think
0: it's a fatherland. I think yeah, it's a fatherland. Anyway, well, they're the father of all Slavs.
1: Yeah. So, um, and, and we don't have a... We don't have a, a... No, we've got two modes, the Atlantic and the Pacific. Yeah, we don't have a noun like that. We don't think of this as a... No. Yeah. It's, in, it's always interesting to me. Yeah. The United States doesn't have that, doesn't that have paranoia. A, yeah. So, so here you got Russia, and let's talk about, because we got a question coming in here. What What... Has Biden emboldened this by his stumbling and bumbling around? I wouldn't say emboldened it. We're getting
0: to that part. I I mean, basically, I I need everybody to understand that there is a huge foundational historical reason for what we're seeing today. Okay. What we're seeing today is not at all surprising. It has happened before. It's happened a dozen times before. Ukraine has a very healthy fear of Russia for some very good reasons. Russia has been a horrible neighbor for centuries. But Russia is also paranoid for good reason. And I call it paranoia because at this time, and I'm getting to where the mistake occurred. Mm -hmm. When Poland ascended to NATO, And Trump used uh, Poland as a club against Germany, even though there are no real forward bases in Poland at this point. Russia took note of that and they're like, oh, crap, that's true. And to the Russian paranoid mind, what they heard was, we're going to put some forts and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to have this huge force that anytime we decide to pull the trigger, take a look at a map. Where is Poland to Moscow? It's like a day's ride. Okay, you pull the trigger in Poland and shoot it straight at Moscow. You got Moscow in a week. Shoot straight up, you got St. Petersburg in a week. Shoot straight down, you got, you've got you uh, got the sea, you know, all the, the oil-rich area in a week. When you've done that, you're pretty much done and you can lollygag your way all the way to the Pacific Ocean and take the rest on your own time because there's nothing there all of Russia is that area and that's why they're paranoid they they are saying so when you take ukraine what do you do you throw the Urals out front of yourself the Urals are a mountain and there's only a couple passes through those mountains and if you if you're watching the invasion route right now he's securing those passes I mean he could stop the war right now have those passes and have achieved his geopolitical but it would be unstable because there's nothing to support him. He's got to connect those passes so that he has a whole arc of Russian territory. He probably, once you do that, just finish it off and take the rest of Ukraine because you've already started the trouble. So that's probably the plan. There's somebody were sitting around in the Kremlin one day and they needed these three passes. And then a general pointed out, well, that doesn't mean diddly because we've got to connect them together to build the communications and transportation so we can support one another in those three passes. And then someone looked at that and said, yeah, that's true. And said, well, you just, if you're going to go through the trouble, that's most of the trouble. Why not do the other 20% and finish off Ukraine? And then we'll be right next to Poland. And Poland and have all the damn bases we want because we'll have some across the border. So.
1: So Putin actually think we're going to march and take over Moscow?
0: You put enough forward bases in Poland. Yeah. What are they for? You know, we can sit there and go, but Putin, they're defensive. Well, how many times have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Like, sure they're defensive, just like nuclear missiles are.
1: Tom, the Ramsey Samurai, who <laughs> knows that of which he speaks for actually having a professional role in advising the president of all things, President Bush, and he worked for, of course, Condoleezza Rice in the State Department. So Ramsey is really uh, deep water. And I appreciate you all um, listening. We may go over a little bit today because we've got the time to do it. We start a little bit late and we may run a little bit late because we have
0: uh, provisions.
1: We have provisions. I brought in a banana. I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Ramsey. When Ramsey and I were doing a show together on the radio, uh, we joked about bananas. And when things got really bad, we'd say, oh, my golly, I need a banana. So a banana would assuage whatever feelings we'd run across in our conversations and um, now brought one for Ramsey, brought one for myself, and brought one for Evan, our production guy. Nothing can go wrong if you have a banana. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong, and of course, having brought these bananas, I would, uh, you know, it's lonely at the top. I'm sure you understand that by knowing me by now, how lonely I am at the top. But if I brought a banana that was slightly too brown, of course, Ramsey pointed that out right away. That that banana wasn't uh, quite up to snuff. So we had a lot all the goodie was gone. All the goodie was gone. So we had a lot of fun. Uh, with bananas, so in, in commemoration of our many shows together, we brought in the bananas, and and uh, we may see you may actually see us take a bite. If things get pretty heavy here. Oh, give me uh, your fun fact on bananas with the little thing on the top. Oh my golly! Well, you know this is a fun fact. We'll break up our conversation every second. This banana has no plastic covering on the tip. Neither does mine, because it is. A, I don't know what's the opposite of organic. I think it's contaminated. Yeah, there's an organic <laughs> banana. That's in the organic bin. And I looked at those and I didn't know. Hey, bananas a banana to me. And it had a plastic cover on the end of it. Next time you're in your, I guess, I went to Publix, take a look at that. If it's an organic banana, it has an actual plastic sort of cap on it. I bet it's biodegradable. And I don't have any <laughs> idea. But I said to the gentleman who explained it to me, I said, I don't want that banana. It's just one more thing for me to throw away, is it not? So uh, this is a real banana. And I was telling Ramsey, and he had, of all things, as astute and, and and perceptive as he is, obviously, he's never noticed, nor had I, and uh, that there is a plastic cover on a banana that's organic. So, uh, Have you ever noticed that organic fruit is always the crappiest looking fruit well, in the bin?
0: It, it doesn't last. It doesn't have any... Yeah, I know you, it's you nasty. Know. What you need is good irradiation of your food. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, we're talking with Remy Samurai. I'm, I'm looking at our time here, and, and production will keep us up when we're going to come up on a bottom-of-the-hour break. But we have basically been given a real summary of where we are and how we got where we are today. And um, it goes back quite a while, and it has created a kind of uh, paranoia in the Russian character that I guess Putin sees it his uh, calling to correct or protect or somehow acknowledge the but, Well, that's of, true. He doesn't want to be the guy. He doesn't the, the, like
0: what Gorbachev did, does, does he? Well, he's the guy under which, well, <laughs> well, no, Gorbachev. And You know, one of the things I wrote to a friend of mine was, um, he said, do you think Russia will attack Ukraine? I said, no, Putin will. Mm. And he was like, what the hell does that mean? I said, well, I, don't <clears> think, <throat> I, I think Russia is pretty much where, where Germany was under Hitler. Germany was, they had, a, I keep in mind, Hitler was wildly popular. He was an elected chancellor. A lot of people think he was a dictator. He became a dictator, but he was elected. So was Putin. Putin was elected, as flawed as that election may have been. Probably no more flawed than last election here. And if you look at the trajectory of these two people, they were so popular and they got such majorities in their parties, in in their in their parliaments that they were able to do what they do, what you watch and what you've seen with Hitler. They were able to do that and their their policies led them to this ultra-nationalism where they were able to rattle the saber and say, we've got all the power, this is the time. And then you said, the, the main question that you asked was, did Biden, is, is Biden the reason this happened? I I think the reason it happened was because that, that that error that got made in the Trump administration where although Putin's nightmare never came true, Poland has never been militarized by NATO. It, it will be now. And this is the part about the invasion that just absolutely flabbergasted me. He didn't want his Western border to touch NATO. Now his Western border, if he takes Ukraine, now his Western border is going to have like eight NATO nations on it. And every one of those NATO nations is going to demand a base. He has now increased the number of bases touching his Western border from zero to about eight. Okay. So that doesn't make sense. He has just infuriated the world. That didn't make sense. NATO had no mission last year. NATO was a, a uh, was an organization dying from its own weight. There literally was no reason for NATO last year. Now NATO is coming back robust, muscular and with a mission. okay so that that's a huge error. He's made Putin has made so many political errors in this invasion that he has he has sown the seeds of the destruction of the Russian state.
1: Let's take that up right now as we're going to take a break coming up in just a few seconds here. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we're going to be running over our appointed regular time, uh, which we start normally at 9 and run till 10. But we're starting at 930 and we're going to run till at least 1030. And any questions you have here, we uh, don't have the call in line today, but uh, let me see them here on the uh, Facebook chat line. We'll pass them along to Ramsey Samurai, our guest today. Uh, So we'll be back in a moment after thanking our sponsors and our uh, donors. And I appreciate all of you um, uh, hanging around here with us to hear this conversation. It's going to be um, obviously also uh, memorialized, if you will, on the Facebook pages and also on wardscottfiles.com and also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So we'll be right back in just a moment on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Prime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are On-The-Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, r and Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page, or call my friend, Freddie at 352 284 Three seven three three. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us.
0: If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small
1: frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Octon, octon. The so papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Mach schnell! At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy.
0: I wonder if we can pet him.
1: Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! Welcome back to Ward's God Files. We're here with Ramsey Samurai, our esteemed guest, good friend, uh, a great rencontre. Is that a word? It applies. It certainly does. A great storyteller. I think the thing that um, um, I enjoy most in conversation is the storyteller. <laughs> And the talk show world really functions best with storytelling. ramsey has been telling the story of how we got to where we are now, all the way back to Catherine the Great, where it begins, uh, for this particular phase anyway. And we've been outlining what is created, what is known as for our discussion today, and actually out in the real world, uh, Russian paranoia. Um, It is uh, probably what has motivated Putin to reclaim some territory because he feels perhaps uh, pressed in here by what? I think we're going to get to that next. And if you have um, uh, uh, any questions at all, shoot them right now, because uh, here is one. Is the abundance of natural resources in Ukraine a key for the invasion? Thank you very much, Ken Hillier. We'll start uh, with that question for Ramsey. Yes.
0: What is Ukraine, about the size of Texas? I mean, you think about that. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about a place the size of Texas. Right. I mean, we have a Texas, you know. Yeah, <laughs> That's how big America is. It's mm-hmm. an enormous country. But uh, generally speaking, Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe. And all that yummy breadbasket stuff has been going that way. And now that Putin has Ukraine, it can go the other way. And that that is a major key economic thing. It's, again... A, a uh, national security geopolitical imperative that a that a uh, stable nation has a good food source, a stable food source. That's why the United States is so dramatically wealthy. Just all wealth is based on agriculture. You just need to know that. I'm
1: glad the, to hear you to say it. that because we have gotten fewer than 2% of the people.
0: Oh, that's all you need with farm equipment and yeah. stuff. I mean, really, do you want 50% of the people on farms? Well, you know is that's, that's that's inefficient yeah. but uh but the farm the, the the family farm is the issue i like mechanized family farms mm-hmm. it's the industrial corporate farms right, that right, you know right. you get a problem with but anyway um uh ukraine doesn't doesn't necessarily have more resources the, outside of uh, agriculture that ukraine that russia wants i mean whatever their metals are, or you know, there's like no diamond mine or anything. So it's mostly agriculture, mostly defensive. But yes, if, if, uh, if you were to invade somewhere in, in Europe because you needed agricultural space, keeping in mind, this is, this is the geopolitical problem with Ukraine. It's a flat, fertile plain. And you can just march. Go, go ask Poland. Go ask Hitler. You know where where would you march to Moscow from? It'd be right down the middle of Ukraine. And so the the farmland is is the major catch there in terms of economic advantage.
1: The China have anything to do with this at all? If
0: China attacks Taiwan during this, it is officially a world war. So is China willing to start a world war? They can't win it.
1: Yeah. You know, Explain it, that. Walk us through that a little bit. And we've been talking about China and Taiwan for quite a while.
0: If there's a world war, lots of stuff's going to happen. And a lot of things are going to get broke. And a lot of people are going to die. And it's going to have the exact same conclusion as World War II precisely the same conclusion as World War II. And there will be a third American century. So if these idiots want to provoke that, do it. I mean, Taiwan will be a cinder. Japan will be leveled. Korea will be gone. Southeast Asia is going to freak out. And of course, they'll be on our side this time. Vietnam will be an ally against China. And India... Is going to take the opportunity to seize the entire center of Asia, that includes the ocean and the parts of Africa they want. Which my theory is is that we should let them, and because India is is becoming a stable democracy, it's becoming a wealthy democracy. It speaks English. Um, it's in the it's in the trade routes. It, it it's doing an adequate job of. Uh, <clears throat> abating and destroying the, the pirates out in those little straits and whatever goes on out there. And facing India in Africa, here's India, there's Africa. Facing India is the great the great rift in Africa, where Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, those are. That is an economic powerhouse waiting to happen. And if we can get India to fund that, like we funded Europe. And that wealth can spread out across Africa, which it can, okay? Europe will be in charge of the Maghreb. and India can be in charge of the fertile east side and they can grow Africa and there can be stable democracies in Africa, wealthy Africa. Look at South Africa before it got destroyed. Wealth beyond belief. Look at Rhodesia, wealth beyond belief. Kenya is, uh, that that Great Rift Valley area, they just simply need to do sort of an EU-like, not become, uh, the EU is a a bad plan, but an EU-like economic union. And they have a market right over there. It's called India. And there's a trade lane. The best trade lanes in the world are the ocean. It's cheap to ship. And just back and forth between the two. They've got a population there. They got the goods and, and services here. And what's in the middle? The Suez Canal. And what's that going to feed? Straight up into Europe. So if, if, you're, if you're looking at, at a world order, you can have totalitarian Russia that is an economic burden, a cultural burden, and a political burden to its people. And there's... The, the only reason the Soviet Union fell... The Soviet Union never produced a damn thing. Their economy has was always garbage. It, how many Nobel Prizes did they win? How many inventions did they make? It, 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 name some Russians. Same them, some Russian scientists, uh, except for the dude that keeps making missiles. Okay. They're, they're When you look at the, the Russian century, the Soviet century, what did they do? They oppressed people, they broke things, and they crapped in the punch bowl. They weren't there was nothing positive about the Soviet Union okay it's only under freedom and democracy do you get the economies that produce prosperity and opportun- prosperity and opportunity so and, and you're already beginning to see that in India so bring on the world war because what's going to happen is your economy your your totalitarian and your socialist economies, build wonderful war machines until we break them, and you can't build them fast enough, you're going to lose. And meanwhile, you're going to tear the world apart. And let, let me tell you, there are still people old enough to remember World War II, and there is a first generation young enough to have heard their parents talk about it. And if you want to cause this kind of catastrophe, that was the problem with World War I and World War II. People remembered it. I remember it. Uh, well, well, the, well, the crowd from World War II remembered World War I right. intimately. Right, very well. And that's what made World War II so dramatic. They're like, this cannot happen again. Right. Okay. Well, there's still enough of us around that remember World War II. And if these people want to cause a world war like that because of territory, I mean, you couldn't buy Ukrainian wheat. The reason you can't buy it is because you're a socialist bastard and you're an oppressive jerk. And no economies flourish under that kind of of Uh, government. What
1: about his gas? And I keep hearing about all the gas. Yeah, the
0: gases belongs to the state. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, to his cronies. Yeah, he's got tons of money there. Which, of course, shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline made the Nord Stream pipeline more valuable. And it made, well, it was going. That's another thing. Why invade now? Okay. You haven't finished your pipeline. You haven't made Germany dependent on your gas yet. You I understand Germany shut it down. Yes. I mean, he. all he had to do was wait 20 years. He, no, no attack was coming. I mean, he was watching NATO fall apart. He was watching the West Europe, OK, basically become woke and stupid and prone to, to, to just simply idle conversations. Yeah. I mean, basically, the governments were slowly transforming themselves into Putin's friends. Okay, the Russia had every reason in the world. I'm have to, sit to eat there. a banana on that for God's sakes. Why yeah. was it that disturbing? Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, but think about it, all he had to do was sit there and watch the West fall apart, and all he's managed to do in the last 24 hours is wake the West up. We now no longer have 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 a conversation. We no longer want to have. Con- I'll mark my words. We no longer will want to have conversation about transgender majors in the U S army because there's a war coming. Okay. And the Russians are brutal and they are going to kill you. And we're going to worry about some guy who may show up in a dress that day or may <laughs> show up. I mean, you know, where are we going with this people? You know, the, the Russian, the Russian superhuman is coming at us. OK, he's got really great tanks, really good guns. I looked at that equipment. Yeah. And and if you look at a, the average Russian soldier, he's more of a man than anybody can. I, I mean, so he, are his cops. I saw the yeah, cops dragging the, people out of the square. In yeah, brutal people. Tough dudes. Yes. And, and, we, and, and we're sitting here going, oh, we're so woke. He, Let me tell you, the death knell of wokeism happened yesterday. I think so. Okay, it's just we are now living in an age of empire again. Okay, we know that China's been talking about empire for a decade now. Yeah, they have literally no strategic reason to want Taiwan. It is not a geopolitical imperative of 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 China to have Taiwan. Okay, if if you say that the United States doesn't need Florida, okay. The state of Florida is a geopolitical imperative to the nation of America, the United States. It's because all of Florida protects New Orleans. That's what Florida's for. We keep the straits around Cuba open. We have a southern projection of American power into the Gulf of Mexico. And we have a southern projection of American power. Hence all of our bases in the panhandle. It, it, it Yes, we have an absolute geopolitical imperative to allow the trade of the mississippi valley to come out of new orleans we have a geopolitical imperative to allow all the fuels and energies from the from the um from the fields of texas north that go east to the to the mississippi and down the mississippi to new orleans houston is one of those ports too by the way it's but that was a much later port and that's all Florida's for. There's no United States without a Florida. Okay? So, but there's China without a Taiwan. There's a Russia without Ukraine. I mean, you, you think about it. And these people are, are basically talking empire. And we have these talking heads in this administration, like Senator Perry, Ambassador Perry now. His statement yesterday was, gee... I hope this invasion didn't take Putin's mind off his agreement for climate change.
1: Oh my God! Listen, I I, like, the what? man is on drugs. What's the carbon footprint the, of the invasion? The man is on drugs. I, I you know, I am so tired. I sorry. mean, how much gas does it take to I run a apo- tank? I'm gonna have to eat a banana. Yeah, you I should have more bananas. I apologize for all this nonsense about climate change and gender. This and the, and you know and this is a thing I wonder about too. And it's just if Putin's paranoid. Um, then he, uh, he, he to what extent has he been watching us be foolish and waste our congressional conversations and all this other stuff and fall on our own petard it must have thought they're so dysfunctional i can do what i want to do and get away with it well one of the questions that i want I've to gotta ask i've got to have
0: a bite of banana okay when when the durham when the durham investigation is finally over and we discover that hillary clinton was the russian agent i mean
1: Well, we
0: know it, but we never get it out. In retrospect, this wasn't a political ploy against Trump so much as it was a political ploy to disrupt the American government for long enough for Putin to get his crap together.
1: And how about how about Biden's connection to the Ukraine? We haven't heard a peep about
0: that. No, you haven't, because the media won't tell you about this. But his son's up to his eyebrow in Ukrainian money. Okay, and I, I mean, how much Russian money do you think he had to have gotten to turn a blind eye to Ukraine. I mean, it, it's it is such a mess. Uh, do, do you want to do you want to go over uh, uh, the 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 whole reason that Ukraine uh, ended up not being in NATO? Yeah, that's that yeah. right there. After the, whatever you want to talk about, after the Polish debacle, where we scared Russia with the Polish thing. I mean. It, it, Poland's ascension into NATO was scary enough for Russia. And I can see their concerns, you know, being the paranoid Russians, they are. I can see their concerns. And, uh, you, you know, there's like a little piece of Russia that's that's disconnected, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little port up in Poland. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't have one. Up there. Yeah, they wouldn't have Exactly. It's yeah. their only warm water port in the north. Yes, you're right. Um, now it's a NATO nation completely surrounding that one port. You can see their concern. But... You could also see calm and diplomacy and other things. It's like, well, you can, we know you're in NATO. There's nothing we can do about that. But maybe we can have a conversation with NATO about no forward deployment to Poland. Can we talk about that? And Germany would have been like, great, that's a great idea because we want those in Germany because we want that money. You can see how that would have gone. Germans probably would have gotten their way. And Poland would have never had any, but they would have been, they would have had that key agreement for NATO. So Russia knew it couldn't attack Poland and it probably could take Poland, but then it would hit Germany. And Germany would then march forward right back over Poland and into Russia. So you can see where diplomacy could have worked in Poland. So even though Trump may have made a strategic error in that one little area, it could have been resolved had Russia said, whoa. No, don't do that. And I know some Americans were saying that, saying, wait a minute, even though that looks like a technical error on Trump's, at the time, they were saying, maybe this will get the Russians to the table and get them to negotiate Poland off the table. Yeah, that was was seen back then. And Russia was probably offered that negotiation. They didn't
1: take it. What do you think of the, and since you've been uh, in the halls of these buildings and actually know the rooms very, very well really, he does, Uh, of the foreign policy team that Biden has. Are they up to the chest?
0: No. No, no, no. no. We got the UN ambassador yesterday going, what are you doing invading Ukraine? It's 2022, as if human nature changed last week. Oh, the calendar changes, 2022. Human nature is now all good. So we we have an inept foreign policy. They're idiots. They live in La La Land, and they think wokeism. I mean, you've got this ridiculous. Who's that General Vilmer? Vil, oh, I can't remember his name. That guy who kept notes during the Ukrainian phone call.
1: Remember oh, him? yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was he a general? Yeah, they uh, make him a general. Was he a? Yeah, I think he's a. Who cares what he is? An he idiot. Was, you know, he was. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you get know.
0: you get monkeys like that. You know, running the running the the government. So yes. These people are incompetent. They have absolutely no perception of the real world. I mean, a country just gets invaded in spite of every conventional international agreement. I I can name 10 of them right now that Russia violated. And Kerry's concern is the climate change agreement. It's like, well, he violated all this, and he's in the process of killing tens of millions of people and destroying billions of dollars worth of property. And the carbon footprint of this invasion is pretty big. But
1: yes, he's going to keep the climate change agreement. It's like, oh, God, are you kidding me? I hope you're right that this is the end of wokeism. I am so sick of wokeism and all that kind of business. Nothing like a good invasion to do it nothing like a good war to put it in perspective is what we're we're, we're actually on un- yeah, and by the way discussing here really yeah. can think of, think of that that we have to have that discussion at, at, at this time in our lives uh, you know that war may has positive effects how crazy how crazy you know um it's just maddening Talking with Ramsey Samurai, I'm looking at some of the comments coming in here um any of them good Well Putin sees a, a distracted west Yes and um that's been extracted from Wokery and all the things we're talking about. Um, colonel Vindman was a man's name. Yeah, uh, One of our people. Oh, he's not a general. Uh, no, he, he was is. a colonel. I, mean, I didn't think he ever made, uh, yeah, Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman.
0: Um, yeah, the Pillsbury Doughboy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he was such a, a pasty white uh, dude. I couldn't figure him ever having calluses on. Oh, something. I mean, think about mm. it. I mean, did he look like a fighting man? Being? Oh, my God, no. I don't think he could pass the, the uh, P.S. PE test, whatever. So, uh, yeah, we're talking to Ramsey. We actually have about 10 minutes left in a traditional hour, and we'll kind of let you guide us as I look at these questions. Uh, uh, we'll never exhaust all the uh, fascinating uh, perspectives that Ramsey can share with you about world order or disorder, depending upon how you look at it. Um, and maybe some good things can come out of this. It's an awful thing to say, but Are there some good things that can come out of this? Well, I just mentioned it. uh, The end of wokeism? I don't know if we'll learn that lesson, though. I don't think that this crowd is able to learn that kind of lesson. No, they'll die.
0: That's the problem. That's how you fix it. They're going to die. We're going to have a general. uh, I mean, if this turns into a world war, there's no more volunteer army.
1: Everyone's going to get swept up. Yeah.
0: Men, women, transgenders, wokes. Okay. And... Are we going to have a woke draft? Is America going to tolerate a woke draft? Is it like, oh, you're a member of BLM? Stay home and riot, and all your friends can go die. I mean, is it there's gonna to have to be some hard sorting out to go? I, I, and there's gonna to have to be some tough questions. And when there's a draft, okay, I, are we going to have a woke draft? Is that how you win wars? Someone's gonna stand up and go, oh, hell no. And that, and believe me, America, a common sense as is the, is the people of America are, are going to like, no, if you're sending my son to die, his son's going too. You know, no exemptions,
1: no race quotas, you know. It, and I would it, say further to more, to, I would say no euphemisms, because when I go back and look at the clippings my mother kept of my father in the Pacific theater, World War II. They didn't mince any words. It was a war. Yeah. And I don't know that we've had a war since then. Not like that. No, nothing. We, we call them police actions or we've called, you know, a number of names, as you know. Uh, but we're talking now about a war. And in a war, when you read the papers uh, written describing World War II, it is not politically correct. You kill them, okay? Uh, you, you flame throw the Japanese out of the holes and caves. You, you know, you don't, you're not about political correctness. You're not about, you look at the firebombing of Germany. I mean, crying out loud, you know, I mean, you know, taking down the civilian structures in order to petrify and and stabilize the area. Um, Amazing. That's what we're talking about when we use the word war. yeah is
0: when you invade a country, even though Putin's saying all those explosions you hear, eh, they're just military targets. Well, there's civilians nearby. Okay. And what do you where are you going to run your tanks through? Get, keep in mind we've discussed Ukraine's an agricultural nation. Okay. Well, you're going to run them through people's fields and farms. Okay. Not every farm has a road that a tank can go down, you know? Well, you're going to knock down fences. You're going to do a lot of things. Yeah, and and, and when when they finally get cross the Dnieper, okay. Ukraine's gonna to have to blow up their bridges. Okay, now how are you gonna get across the bridge? All of a sudden, one side of the country can't get to the other side of the country. That's a big old river. You can't just swim it, you know? It's like the Mississippi. And I mean, when, when you talk about war, you're talking about severe civilian discomfort. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Death, destruction, privation, disease, no access to health care. So, I mean, where is universal health care right. when the bombs are
1: dropping? That's right. All your assumptions that you make now that. If you it's want called a field medic. Yeah, it's available there for you, just being stored for your uh, whimsical delight. Um, you don't want cats up, you want ketchup and all that. So we air conditioned the building to make sure you have the choice. That's out the window. Yeah. Um, gas prices, yeah. get ready. The gas prices have gone up thirty cents in the
0: last two days.
1: Yeah, and so that ripples all through the society. And I, I you know, I don't know if we'll exhaust it. You know, we have to have Ramsey back, of course. I mean, I'm trying to talk him into being a. A regular with me because he's, uh, you know, I'll at least he gets breakfast out of this deal today, more than just a banana. But you oh, thought that's right, we're going to breakfast, aren't we? Well, yeah, <laughs> ah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I mean, I enjoy, you know, uh, you know, boy, he screwed up there his comments <laughs> as much as I'm sure you do. Uh, our production guys tell how much time we have left, Evan. Uh, we got three minutes left. I think we're you want pre- me real quick explain why Ukraine. Oh, Is yeah, we, yeah t- we can go over.
0: They made a fiddle error. Okay, when they became free from the Soviets, they formed a Ukrainian government. Russia said, the hell. As prostate broke and prone as Russia was, they knew they needed Ukraine then. They went back and got it except through corruption. Mm-hmm. So the government of Ukraine became corrupt and became the Russian government. There was the Orange Revolution... And it became a Ukrainian government again. So as it was ascending to NATO, Russia stopped it through its corruption and and overthrow of the government. They used elections and they used all kinds of things to do. it. There was no coup or anything, but somehow a pro-Russian faction seized the government and wouldn't give it back. And that's when NATO said, well, you you can't ascend to NATO if you're pro-Russian, this is against Russia, you know, and that's what broke the link. If anybody wants to talk about the Budapest uh, uh agreement, that's what broke the link to the Budapest agreement. It was the Ukrainian government that said, We're not listening to the West, we're aligning with the Russians, okay? And that whole nuke for security thing total garbage, okay? Back to it, did happen, and there is a Budapest agreement, and it does say that. But the politics on the ground never matched the Budapest agreement. So when you look at what's going on, it's the Ukrainian government under the influence of Russia that
1: stopped the ascension to NATO that would have prevented this war. Makes sense. Unfortunately, makes sense. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here and thank Ramsey for coming by and thank uh, production. And we um, apologize for being a little late on the switch today, but everything's well and ends well. And. Uh, We'll continue this narrative from time to time. There's no way we can possibly exhaust it. And neither of us knows, as you know, what's going to happen 24 hours, 12, 48 uh, from now. Um, There's a lot of what ifs, and a lot of them aren't all that good. And the immediate effect we can see is it's going to be more expensive to live your normal life here because we have international economy now. we, we share products and gas, and stupidly here, we've shut down our own pipelines, we've, shut, we've bought into this climate change stuff, uh, we put heavy regulations on our businesses, uh, you know, we've, we've prepared uh, this country to live as if there were a utopia, and there'd be no threats to it, no threats to it, and no uh, strains and stresses to being here, which is about as far from common sense as you can imagine. You can falter leaders. Whether you can vote them out, I don't know. Hey, Rems, anything you want to wrap up with, sir? No. Thanks for coming by, and uh, uh, we'll put this out in a minute out on uh, uh, wardscottfiles.com. and we'll be on Apple Podcast and Spotify, and uh, you can share it as much as you want to share it, and that's our whole idea. We could not have we could we're not allowed to boost this uh, today because uh, we had politics in the discussion. Can you imagine? You know. I asked face, a boost we pay for, and I was going to pay for a boost to spread the word that we were going to talk about these issues, and they turned us down because, uh, guess what? We were going to talk about politics. There you are. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.